Dice Company contains fantasy violence, mature themes, and unapologetic bickering. No feelings were hurt in the making of it, but listener discretion is advised. Dice Company will always be free, but it's not free to make. Please consider supporting us on Patreon or Apple Podcasts and get access to our weekly roundtable show Extra Roll. Just follow any of the links in the show notes for this chapter. Welcome one and all to Dice Company. We're a group of old friends weave tales of triumph, heroism and despair under the guise of playing Dungeons and Dragons. My name is Tom and I'll be your DM through the continuing adventures of this band of Dungeoneers who are terrified of dungeons. Dungeoneers who are terrified of dungeons, please introduce yourselves and give the audience one fun fact about your characters, preferably not involving apricots. I'm Charlie, I play Vanda. My fun fact about Vanda is, uh, for those who have been listening, Vanda's not that emotionally in tune with the world. That started back in childhood because he did have a very, he was very fond of an automaton that looked after him as a, as a baby. And uh, that automaton was called Runcible. Unfortunately for Vanda, Runcible was um, horribly maimed in a terrible sewing accident. And um, that's uh, done uh, Vanda some terrible psychological damage. Um, obviously lots more happened after that, but that was the start of Vander's journey to the emotionless um, soul that he is today. Ah, so the, the torture only added to it, he was a damaged individual right from childhood. Yeah, he was he was he was quite damaged to start with, yeah. That is a fantastic fact, genuinely. I, I have no witty retort or snarky comment other than to say Runcible is a name that is going into my list of big names. And I'm gonna <laughs> dole it out to you as some kind of psychological attack. So thank you. I appreciate it. We're going to bring a zombie robot called Runcible back. You fucking know it. <laughs> Vanda, <laughs> jump into the lava. Hello, I am Dave and I am playing Benny Quez. And um, I'm also going back to Benny's childhood in what is 100% a coincidence. Uh, Benny was brought up in an orphanage and does not know who his parents were or are. He also doesn't know when his birthday is. And so he has chosen to celebrate his birthday on the first day of spring every year to celebrate making it through another tough Middleton winter. Okay, what the hell is going on? Why is everyone's fact this week so actually interesting and good? Is this like some kind of agreement you've all made behind the scenes to not be so shit? Uh, wait, wait till you hear all the facts. Yeah, let's <laughs> yeah. not get ahead of yeah. ourselves. <laughs> A fair point. Hey, two out of four is not bad. <laughs> we are batting two for O at the moment. Uh, who is going to ruin it? I'm scribbling away like mad here. Hi, I'm Harry, and I'm playing Tok. And fun fact would be, uh, during the last rather violent week, uh, Tok has been cut several times, uh, but he's never been half cut. Uh, he's observed the phenomenon of intoxication in a number of animals, mostly humans, and finds the experience difficult to comprehend. What other, what other animals? <laughs> yeah. uh, monkeys, elephants. The number nine and the number 14. Reindeers. And the number 23 animal. <laughs> You've challenged Harry on random animal knowledge. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That was a mistake, wasn't it? It was. I learn this every single week. <laughs> We're back to reindeer whiz again, my friends. What happens if you soak the hallucinogenic mushrooms in the urine of a drunk reindeer? Does that? I don't know. That sounds like science to me. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, I'm Alex, I'm playing Augustus, and my fun fact this week is that Augustus spends all week preparing facts from his fascinating and storied history, but because he lives on the wrong side of the veil, separating our life from the intermittently existent void of our D&D universe, I can't hear them, so I've got nothing for you. 
it's shocking to me the number of times you come up with an interesting fact that is either there's more facts coming or I have no more facts. Well, I mean, that was a pretty good way. It was a pretty well-prepared way of saying I haven't prepared anything, in my opinion. It was exceptionally complicated. Yeah, exactly. It's a twisty. super meta. <laughs> yeah. It's a, fact, it's a factless void within another factless void. Well, I think I'd give that two and a half out of four for fun facts there. Well done to those of you who nailed I mean, that, it. That's a record, isn't it? <laughs> hey, that puts us on the board. We're, we're contending right now. Okay. Without further ado, let's get stuck into this week's chapter of Dice Company. Previously on Dice Company. You guys slowly entered the cave and were successful in slaying some Sturge, a giant spider, and a giant octopus. You returned to Haven for your reward of a short bow from the blind village elder Lorian. The exhausted Augustus retired to bed on the airship, while Vander and Benny took in some relaxation time in the bathhouse. Tok, you returned to the Whispering Grove to watch the stars and discovered a newspaper before overhearing some voices just beyond the boundaries of Haven. You followed the sounds through the forest and found a large imperial airship in the clearing, with three dozen bounders being led by a masked and hooded man called Morven. Let's go. Okay. Uh, well, I guess um, Tok's going to make his way back up the hill to uh, to share the news with everyone. With time of the essence, you charge back into Haven. Where are you going first? Is there going to be another um, one? <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. So I'll make my way to the bathhouse, open the door, and again say, Alarm! <laughs> Vander and Benny, you see Tok arrive and shout alarm. Any any more to that, Tok, or just 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 alarm? Any any detail? Indeed, there is more. There are founders on an airship with a member of the Shadow Vanguard. They are south of us, about ten minutes walk. Oh shit! I think alarm probably does does cover that, doesn't it? That's yeah. All right. Um. Well, we need to wake everyone up, don't we? And prep the airship. Not good, says Vander, as he climbs very shakily out of the warm waters and starts hastily dressing. Uh, Tok's just going to run off into the village, and I think he's going to start by going to the herbalist, because she was already up. So you arrive at the herbalist with the slightly broken door. Uh, I'll just push it open. From inside you hear Alara. Oh, hello, Tok. Alara. Alarm. Alarm. There is an emergency. There is an airship containing founders and a member of the Shadow Vanguard. They are attacking at dawn. We should move the villagers onto the airship and leave immediately. You see her eyes widen for a moment, and then she rushes past you out of the hut, over to the communal hall. Uh, I'll follow her, actually. I'm, I'm going to run to Kalen, Kalen's hut. Yeah, and Vander is uh, crabbing his way in the direction of the ship and calling for the automatons to begin making ready. Benny, you head over to Kalen's hut and you see Tok and Alara running over to the communal hall. As you reach the door, Alara begins to ring a large bell that echoes through the town. Uh, as she starts to do that, I'll tell her to, to essentially to stop Alara. They may be within audible range of the bell. It would give them warning that we know they are here. You can see how these people ended up as fugitives. <laughs> Christ, what a response. I was just panicking. Okay, we should go and knock on everyone's doors. Indeed. 
maybe light a signal fire as well, genius. Uh, Augustus, you uh, have been awoken by the yeah, sound by of the bell. three bells ringing. <laughs> uh, Benny, you are at Kalen's door. Uh, having heard the three bells, uh, the door then opens suddenly, and Kalen is pulling a robe on. Uh, what has happened? Uh, Kalen, Tok has uh, come across some bounders and Shadow Vanguard. They're about 10 minutes at south. We've got to round everyone up and get them on airships straight away. How did they find us? Oh. I don't know. I think that's probably a question for a bit later. Okay, let, let's go. We need to get everyone together, quickly. What's what's the best way to do this? Um, not ringing the bell would be the first step. Yeah, we worked that out. Uh, bang on all the doors. House to house, got it. Let's go. All right. Um, and he, he makes sure to grab his quarter staff as he runs out. Augustus. Hello. You're still exhausted. Yes. I guess Augustus will go to the top of the ramp and try start kind of organising people as and kind of getting people to quietly put themselves into sensible spots on the airship. Also saying to the automatons to keep off any lights and keep the noise down because if we can drift away in the dark, we've got a fair chance of getting away before they follow us. But we want to fly quiet. Vander? I'm still preparing the airship, so at the point someone gets on deck, I'll let you know. Uh, Tok and Benny, you are rushing around with Alara and Kalen, respectively. Uh, whilst we do that, I will explain to them a plan that uh, Tok has formulated. Kalen, we know the location of their airship. They are currently unaware of us. As we leave on our airship, we could perform a strafing maneuver. If we attached logs or fire to the bottom of the airship with ropes, we could drop it into their rigging as we left. That could work. I will rouse the blacksmith. We will start on this plan whilst you rescue the villagers. Okay, good thinking. I can see why Vanda likes you. Tok would smile, but he can't. So you want to go to Gregor's? Um, yeah, uh, we'll go up to uh, Gregor's and um, help him and the little goblin. Uh, the, the town is now broadly on the move. People are coming out to try and find out what's happening. Um, and Gregor and Lanny both leave the blacksmith's hut. Uh, what's, what's, what's going on? What's going on? It is an emergency. You must leave. There are bounders to the south in an airship. I have formulated a plan to delay. We are to drop logs and fire into their rigging from our airship. Can you assist in this plan? We would require rope, logs, and fire. I say that, Tog says that, like looking over at the forge with uh, all the coal and charcoal and bits of metal and stuff. Yeah, of course I can help with that, but I'm not leaving. I'm not going to be pushed out of my home. Yeah, we're not going anywhere, says Lanny the Goblin. There are many founders. Kalen has decided the village should leave. Oh, I'll see about that. And Gregor begins to head over towards Kalen. Tok's going to go into the uh, blacksmith shop and start trying to get stuff for the plan. Uh, give me an investigation check. Yep. I'm looking for chains and logs and fire and stuff to put things in. In fact, I'm going to try and like, bring over most of the forge over to the uh, airship. Boom. 24. Uh, yeah, so this is an incredibly well-stocked blacksmiths. There are logs of wood, various implements for creating fire, charcoal, bits of metal, everything, even chains, everything you could possibly want for your crazy plan. Awesome. Okay, I will get some, yeah, like braziers full of stuff ready to go and, yeah, get it all set up on the uh, <clears throat> poop deck. Nice. Augustus, you uh, start to see Rosalind, the turtle cook, is slowly making her way across the village. She gets to the bottom of the steps and she stops to turn around to look at Kaylin, who is currently 
in the middle of a, what seems to be a heated conversation with Gregor the blacksmith. There is a small gathering of people that are starting to form now at the bottom of the airship and they're not getting on board. So I'm going to stride down there and try to get their attention to persuade them to come with us. Um, as you head down, you can hear Alara saying, I, I can set some traps. Lanny the goblin goes, yeah. Isabella says, we've got another wooden clubs and shields to go round. Yeah. And then Rosalind finally steps in. I don't know how to fight, but I'm willing to try. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm sorry to interrupt, but the I believe a member of the Shadow Vanguard is part of this group. And we encountered one of these back in Lunadyne. And I can assure you, it is not a foe any of you wish to fight. We had an air elemental with this, and even that only just survived that encounter and was unable to kill the Shadow Vanguard. So I strongly suggest all of you make your way onto the ship. You could come back here another time. I suspect, I'm sorry to say, that they are here in pursuit of us. So this place may become safe again in the future. But for now, I would hate to have any of your blood on on our hands. Give me a persuasion check. 13. There is a small round of applause. They they believe your words. I wouldn't say they were necessarily inspired by them at the moment. Um, but Lorian joins the small group. My friends, your heroism is inspiring even to an old man like me. But being old comes with some experience of such things. I've seen people like you fight trained fighters hundreds of times, and it always ends the same way. It ends with a total victory for the enemy. If this were a fight between those who had the biggest heart, then you'd win seven days out of seven. But it's not. If you stay, you will die. These are not ordinary people. They are trained bounders and a member of the Shadow Vanguard. There is a murmur of shock before Alara says, Are you staying, Elder? I'm too old to go on the run again. I've spent my life leaping from one place to another. Too tired. But you can go with people like Augustus here. Don't let his appearance or their general attitude fool you. People like Augustus are heroes, and I'm sure they'll protect you. They'll find somewhere new for you to start, away from the Empire. This place isn't safe anymore. They already know you're here. But I can give you all one last gift, and stay and buy you some time. And then Kaelin jumps in and says, We both can. The locals now look like they're about to riot at the idea of the elder and the leader staying behind. Gentlemen, I see very little to gain by you staying behind, heroic though that would be. As you've said, elder, well, would certainly result in your death, which I feel is a high price to pay for the few seconds you can buy us, given that the airship will be visible to the enemy. I suggest you save your lives and spend them another day. Oh, come on, Augustus. Roll harder. Well. They both smile at you and effectively disregard what you say. Now, my friends, Augustus will see you onto the ship. Lanny, go start watching and let us know the moment they are on the move. Yeah. And Lanny skitters away into the forest. Benny, give me a perception check, please. Five. <laughs> well, hopefully you'll be awake soon. Um... <laughs> uh, can Augustus try and like pull Kaylin to one side for a second? You pull him aside? Kaylin. I come from Denothlia, and from the way you speak, I suspect you may have links to that place too. I'd hate to see you die here when perhaps the power of Denothlia could be remade and the Empire challenged by it. That is a very interesting point of view, Augustus, and one that I respect wholeheartedly. But if Denothlia is to be reborn, it will not be with an old man like myself. It is more important that you, Vander, Tok, and Benny are all safe. It is up to me to make sure I do everything in my power to make that happen. Okay, Augustus nods gravely and respectfully at him. 
And if I can offer you one more piece of advice, Augustus. Please do. Is it sartorial? Keep Benny safe. Augustus looks surprised and somewhat bewildered, but nods, turns away, and starts trying to encourage the villagers, get, get the momentum of the villagers going up the ramp before they have any second thoughts. Does Caelan add, for after all, he is the best of you? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> I, wait, I wait for Caelan to say that, and I'm not at all surprised to hear that it doesn't come. <laughs> Kaelin then heads onto the airship in search of Vanda. You find Vanda at the helm, looking resplendent in full pirate regalia, exotic cheroot in one hand, and rattling off orders to the automatons. Nozzle, man the main brace. <laughs> Sterling, reef ropes. Plex, the cannon. All aboard. Yes, Vanda. Is one of the automatons responsible for your intermittent speech impediment? I'm getting to that. <laughs> <laughs> is that something to do with them removing a mask? or uh... It certainly is. Ah. Ah. approaches you, Vanda. My friend, um, I'm going to buy you some time, but you must promise me you'll do everything you can to help these people. Uh, is Tok nearby here? Or... Uh, no, Tok is still kind of carrying heavy pieces of lumber and whatnot around. Um, but oh. you can see the four automatons and Lenny is kind of running around in between the legs of the automaton. Uh, so Vander turns slowly to, to face him. And as he does, you realise that his mask is momentarily off and that a side of his face, which is mutilated, is open to the air. Sorry, it helps to have the breeze on my skin from time to time. Uh, Excuse me one moment. And he fits his face mask back in place. I would not hide away your disfigurements, Vander. Who's hiding? As he takes another toke on his exotic cheroot. <laughs> it's a pleasure to be out in the open occasionally. And the cheroot helps your pain, I presume? It does, my friend. I take it you'll be assisting us on our journey. I'll be assisting for the beginning of the journey, but I'm going to stay behind to help buy you some extra time. Vander turns more seriously in his direction. You're staying behind? Hmm. I am. Some additional information would be appreciated. Vanda, you used to be someone. Someone who wouldn't let the innocent suffer at the hands of others. Someone who stood for something. I believe you're still that man, somewhere deep inside this broken shell. But you have found yourself, whether through luck or judgment, in the company of some truly exceptional people. It has become clear to me that your safety and survival is paramount. Vanda's eye flickers with a moment of irritation. Whatever you see, old friend, be sure it is not the man you have before you now. I am really not a man at all. I'm broken. He takes another toke on his cheroot. <laughs> broken is a state of mind, Vanda. You have allowed yourself to wallow in self-pity for too long, I fear. But I see the truth. I see inside your eye. You're still in there, old friend. Vander cackles, gesturing to himself. You're right, a state of mind. And yells again, all aboard! Save travels. You too, my friend. And Kalen leaves. People are now from Haven are now aboarding the airship, being guided by Augustus while Vander orders the automatons around to set the mainsail, hoist in the winch, 
take out the port side starboard take out the papers in the trash (laughs) (laughs) and all other nautical terms that are important times like this do we know how much time we've got as they said they would attack at dawn um it was four in the morning when Tok ran up the hill yeah so it's it's already about five quarter past five so at best you've got about 45 minutes okay um few last things. Does Alara, if I uh, talk a bit to the herbalist Alara and ask her if she has anything that can start fires? Herbalist, like any alchemy stuff, or we want fire arrows, so like pitch, anything like that would be good. Um, I don't know if the, the smithy may well have that in it. She could offer you like bags of dried herbs that you could set fire to that she uses for incense burning and things like that. I don't know. It seems sounds quite marginal, doesn't it? I'll give them to Augustus for fire arrows, maybe. We've always, we've always got some oil on us from the lanterns, don't we? So we can use that to try and set more fires. I might try and ask her if, since we're leaving, I'll help her like carry any supplies. Uh, also, did the, did the cook get a bunch of food? So the, the town have been basically emptying the town of as many resources as they can get to bring on board. So lots of dried meats, old cheeses, kind of homemade bread, herbs and spices. We haven't really investigated yet, but what's the uh, settlement pit? The settlement pit is, and it's a place where people who have problems go to settle their scores by fist fighting <laughs> wow this town has a thunderdome we just didn't even notice until we left feel <laughs> really gutted that we didn't do anything with the thunderdome and <laughs> um, you wanted to attach logs to the bottom of the ship oh yeah and get the blacksmith to help i guess yeah so we want to be able to release them onto their ship Cool. Uh, give me a... Smith's Tinker's Tools? Yeah, do that at, at advantage, because you're being helped by Gregor. And I'm guiding that. 14. You attach the, the wood. Benny. I was going to say, um, I will ask Kaylin. Just wanted to check, Kaylin, is there anything essential that we need to take with us that we might have overlooked? No, I think the, the people of the town are bringing everything aboard that is necessary. I see. I hear you've decided to be a twat and stick around. I did. I figured the more time that we could buy you, the better. And if I may say, I'm sorry that you and I did not get to know each other better, Mr. Benny Quez. And he offers you his hand. Shake it. But as I do, I say, there's no bards on ship, Kaylin. No one's going to write any songs. Why don't you just not get yourself killed and come with us? I'm old. It is time for the young to inherit the world. See if they can do a better job. Well, I've got me doubts, but we'll see what we can do. All right. Well, best of luck. Try and get yourself killed as painlessly as possible. Who knows? I may survive. Well, that'd be nice, wouldn't it? It would. There's some handy caves just at north that have recently been de-squidded. I can recommend them as a safe haven. When I survive, I shall take shelter there for the time being. Sounds good. All right. Well, best of luck. One last thing, Benny. Mm. Keep an eye on Vanda, will you? Oh, I always keep two eyes on Vanda, Caitlin. Don't worry about that. Yes, he'd never admit it, but he needs people, just like we all do. Yeah, you're right, he would never admit it. No. Stay strong, fight well. Yeah, you too. Was there anything else anyone wanted to do before departure? Let's go over the plan with villagers, anybody who's going to help us. Most are aboard the airship now. I think we need to hurry them on, any that are left. And also anyone with bows who's half sensible needs to be on deck and everyone else needs to be below and keeping out of the way. In terms of what we're planning on doing, for the party i'm assuming benny's going to man the projectile weapon at the front talks happy to cut some of the ropes to drop the stuff on there 
Uh, we've also got like coal uh, fire to do. I don't know. If we're going to chuck that over the side, or did we suspend that from the bottom, or did we to have it on deck to chuck over the side on? You ha- you have it on deck. The only things you attach to the bottom were the log. Okay, in which case, Tok will help do the lifting, big, heavy, flammable stuff, and get someone with a uh, a knife to do the. I guess some of the some of the villagers can help us actually cut the ropes if someone can like do the timing for them. Augustus produces if a fluorescent jacket that says fire marshal on the back and he's struck by lightning and immediately killed (laughs) (laughs) did a half day online learning course (laughs) what do we know what Kaylin and um chat lorian's uh plan is they're going to try and slow people down but have we established what that means can we ask lorian lorian what are you doing what's this plan to slow him down Mm, well we're gonna fight benny we're gonna fight well we're gonna drop a load of shit on him i understand as i understand it so and they will be stranded and hopefully between Kaylin and I we can pick them off. All right. That's me told. On we go. Are they if they're are they near the ship, then uh Tok will ask them what what should we do with the villagers? Or maybe not. I don't know. He's not really You can ask if you want. I'll ask Benny what we're gonna do with the villagers. <laughs> Benny, what will we do with these villagers? Shall we take them to Ovik? Well, no, if it's down to me, we'll take them wherever it is they want to go. They need to find a new a new haven, don't they? But I don't, I don't know how far they need to get to be safe. I guess we got to discuss it once we're away. You look up, Vander's now leaning on the helm with a rather sardonic grin on his face. Oh, here we are again, Benny. Yeah, Vander's going to have minimal input on this decision, actually, I think. I tip my hat. They are missing their leader and elder. They do not seem sensible. Someone will have to step up, won't they? They'll work it out. Did someone say leader? A handsome man enters. His name is Augustus Zeno, and he comes from generations of people who boss other people around based purely on genetic inheritance. Benny, as you head towards the large harpoon gun on the side of the ship, Plex, the automaton, approaches and begins to attempt to shuffle you out of the way. Are you a bit of an expert in this, are you, Plex? This is my station. Well, fair enough. I would not want to step on your toes. I will pick up a bow and arrow and uh, find myself another spot. That would be acceptable. I would say I'd be very polite, but, you know, potato, potato. What is a potato? Uh, it's a word that no one actually uses, but can be... Uh, oh, never mind. Never mind. Never mind. I get enough of this with talk. Augustus, you, along with Kaylin and Lorian, help the final few people, including the incredibly slow-moving Rosalind, aboard the ship. Um, she seems reluctant to leave any pots or pans or wooden bowls or spoons behind. We'd hate them to get our spoons. I've got, I've got her pegged for the new leader. As she reaches the top of the ramp, you will see Lanny bursting from the tree line. They're coming, they're coming! Vanda begins ordering the automatons to get underway and shouts to Tok, is the payload secure? The payload is secure, but Vanda... Vanda's already turning the helm. Yes. I do not like that Kalen is staying. Vanda looks in- interestedly at Tok. You have feelings, Tok, as he then hauls on the helm to bring the ship around. Yes, as we discussed when we first met. Strong feelings for Kalen. If he stays, he may die, Vanda. That is very much his choice, my friend. Tog will just sort of stand on the poop deck, staring motionlessly, like, back at at the village. Um, And Augustus will be sort of ready to chuck a rope down, because it feels like Vander's 
quick exit plan is going to leave at least a few stragglers on the ground. So at least we'll give an exit strategy to what was the guy who just burst out the trees? Maybe he he might Lanny. Lanny might need to grab a rope. So Lanny actually sprints up the rampway as it's being pulled in, but he stops when he looks back and he sees Gregor standing on the ground alongside Caelan and Lorien. The Goliath smiles at the goblin who looks at the airship for a moment and you see a kind of sigh and then he leaps from the ship back onto the ground to go join his friend. Caelan yells, you need to leave now. Bander tips his pirate hat as he turns in the direction of the bounder's ship. We're going to get some height. Sorry, we're going to get some height here. We're going to try and, like, we probably don't want to be in range of them. I don't know what the Shadow Vanguard can do, but if he magically sets all our underpants on fire, we'll probably regret being not a bit higher. How is that where you go with what they can do to you? <laughs> That's, that, that is objectively the worst thing a person can do to you. Noted. <laughs> so having given your commands, the fully loaded airship slowly begins to take off. Back on the ground, you see Gregor wielding an enormous sword with Lanny behind him armed with a sling. Kalen grips his quarterstaff in one hand and rubs it through the palm of his other, and a bright blue flame ignites the whole weapon as he positions himself defensively. Lorien moves towards the trees, um, and even with the sound of the ship, you hear him whistle and cheep the bird, flies up into the air and begins to circle overhead. Bounders come charging through the forest. The first few are felled by a number of Lorien's arrows, while those fortunate enough to make it through are destroyed by the spinning quarterstaff attack of Caelan or the bludgeoning fury of Gregor. Even Lanny is able to take a few down. And then you see marching calmly into the clearing is the masked figure of Morphin. He looks up, raises a hand instinctively towards your airship, which judders and stalls in midair. Bring him down, Legolas. Vanda shouts to the automatons to add power to the, uh, as far as they pull out all the sails, maximum thrust. Yes, Vanda. Let's fire everything we've got at this guy. Let's throw all those spoons and pots and pans at him. Vanda will also shout to Plex, bring him down. Okay, let's have some attack rolls. Uh, we, we name our harpoons, by the way. Uh, when we fired that one, that harpoon was called the fuck off or find out. <laughs> uh, what did you roll? Uh, 15. The huge harpoon ripples out of the ship, flying at full speed directly towards Morphin. Just before impact, you see him raise his other hand, and the harpoon splinters and shatters and splits around him, landing inertly onto the ground. He does not break his concentration, and the ship continues to judder. What else you got? Well, it strikes me he's he's now engaged with the harpoon. (laughs) I mean, that is... You know what? If you want to do sneak attack, do it. Yay! And as a nine. Your arrow flies way over his head. Tock will launch a fireball at him, but only rolls a three, so that's a ten. You guys suck! <laughs> not even distracting it. I'm slightly concerned about a forest fire. That is going to go so well. <laughs> yeah. Whistles into the forest, <laughs> never to be seen again. Discussed last week that Augustus is a terrible bowman. Cometh the hour, cometh the man. Well, but this feels like throwing a dagger is unrealistic at this distance. Drop a dagger, and that would still be more effective. <laughs> you have a longbow, though. You can attempt it. Yeah, so that's what I'm going to have to do, right? Because throwing things doesn't make sense, right? 14. Better than others. Okay, so that one actually does kind of whistle close to him, but it just goes over his shoulder, um, and he doesn't need to in any way intervene. Would it have changed if I'd tied a pithy note to it? Almost certainly not. Okay. So with you guys throwing everything you've got at Morven in an attempt to distract him um, and his focus entirely on you, he misses Cheap, the bird who is currently circling over his head. 
The small bird then flies directly towards his hand as Lorian fires an arrow at the exact spot that the bird is in. Cheap flies out of the way at the last minute as the arrow hits Morvan's arm with such force it drags him to the floor and pins him to the ground. The juddering of the airship stops as it continues its ascent. Morvan, his focus now on Lorian alone, raises both of his hands. The ancient elf is pulled towards him, his toes dragging on the floor, and when he reaches him, you see a deep red flaming blade appear through his body and jut out through his back. Lorian slumps to the floor, unmoving, as Morvan slashes his magically summoned blade in the air, killing Cheap in a puff of feathers. You hear Kalen and Gregor's yells, and the last thing you see is them charging the masked shadow vanguard. Bleak. It is seriously bleak. <laughs> Great storytelling, though. Love that, DM. The end. <laughs> <laughs> and you all lived happily ever after. Quite possibly Kaelin as well, and uh, <laughs> Gregor as well. Nah, Kaelin be fine. I felt sadder about cheap. Out of sight, out of mind. <laughs> You've forgotten him already. What was his name? Was it Kevin? Was that with Kevin? So you, it doesn't take you guys long uh, to appear over the clearing that has the large Imperial airship in it. You would like to attempt to disable the ship by dropping logs, fire, and everything else on it. Four chains that need to be loosed in order to let the uh, logs fall. So we'll start with them. Each of you pick one of your six characteristics and just do a, a check based on that, and we'll use that. I'll take a 21 dexterity check. I will take a 22 intelligence check. Feels like cheating to burn a ship using charisma, so I'm going to use strength. I, I could if I wanted to. 20. Uh, I'm going to do a strength check, but I'm also going to do... You're going to guide yourself? Uh, I am, but I'm also going to, as as Tok does it, you see his armour again have small blue crackling lights cover it as he does the... Uh... We need to talk about that, Tok. 17. So as you as you hover down low towards the Imperial airship, would you like to describe what you do to loose these uh, logs using the skill rolls that you used? I neatly untie a knot which is holding the log. Uh, it's double knots, it's quite tricky, but fortunately I'm extremely dexterous and so I can unloop it and allow it to fall. Tok was actually leaving one of the, um, uh, the ropes to someone else. He's actually lifted up a giant brazier full of lit coals and he has dumped the whole thing cauldron and all onto their uh, onto their airship the, the the cauldron of fire hits the deck and you can see the embers starting to flash and as fire begins to grow on the ship itself uh, well augustus still feels this is somewhat unsporting so as he loses his bowl of fire he says oh pardon me he <laughs> very politely drops a bowl of fire onto a ship exactly he kind of says it in the tone of someone who's accidentally knocked over some soup onto a member of the waiting staff. Vanda, how did you use your intelligence? Uh, Vanda nods at Nozzle, <laughs> who speeds over to the rail and in a kind of karate chop motion, just slices the rope with one of his hands. So with uh, four logs and multiple bits of fire being tipped over the side by yourself, your automatons and various villagers, the Imperial airship takes an absolute pasting. You see the, the main stick mast mast thank you <laughs> <laughs> King Al. i know you said you didn't know anything about boats 
the main mast collapses in um, and you can see fire beginning to spread over the whole thing. Obviously, only Vander is the naval expert here. Vander, you are. You can tell that this ship is not going to be taking off anytime soon. Taps, their main stick is damaged. <laughs> <laughs> the flappy things won't be able to do what they do anymore. <laughs> the steering wheel thingy won't work. Wheels on the bus will not go round and round. Motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> the best part about this is how little I know about anything about boats. <laughs> how much would an Imperial warship set you back these days? One that size, about 180,000 gold coins. Are you thinking of buying one? No, just uh, just relishing the destruction. <laughs> I suppose on the on the negative side, it may just have been added to our balance sheet. There may be a bureaucrat somewhere back in the Empire who's counting. Yeah, who's counting these things up and scaling up the response to us accordingly. I'm assuming that the sudden drop of uh, these things has lightened our ship quite considerably and we've kind of burst upwards with the... Shot up like a champagne cork. <laughs> so, you, so you swooped down, timing the drop of the logs and the fire perfectly. Uh, you hear the, the loud crashing and the, the burning crackling of fire as the ship begins to zoom back up into the air and you guys are off towards the horizon. So with you guys on the airship uh, heading southeast-ish, what would you like to do? I'm going to do, and uh, if this is allowed, I'm going to do uh, a check. I want to know, can I discern the uniforms of the bounders I saw on the ground? My my reasoning is I'm wondering if I could see if they're different from the uniforms of the bounders in the city that we came from. You can give me a retroactive perception or investigation check. I will do perception for 18. So the uniforms of the bounders were different to the ones saw in Lunadine. I beckon the group together at the helm. Uh, Tox already at the at the poop deck, still staring back at the village as it recedes into the distance. Oh, that's quite that's quite sad. Were they wearing the same uniforms that your uh, automaton minder used to put on your toy soldiers as a child? Are you referring to Dear Runcible? Please don't draw us into your childhood psychodrama, Vanda. This is not the time. He died in a sewing accident, which no one asked about. It's really traumatic. I don't know if we're supposed to be able to hear the pre-episode confessions. <laughs> <laughs> they kind of break, a lot of them break the fourth wall. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Meta gaming. Okay, so Vanda beckons the group together. Gentlemen, it occurs to me that with the uniforms of those bounders being rather different it begs the question how could they have got to our location so quickly how could word have spread so fast perhaps the empire uses magics to communicate and then how would they have known where we were in order to communicate that they may have searched many locations a nice idea i think it's more likely that they've got some form of tracking on this ship and that it requires searching that makes sense i must say vander that that sounds like a very sensible suggestion let's do that at once but how about this we search the airship for a tracker and then when we find it you tell us how you came by the airship or we could try and preserve our collective lives by simply finding the tracker and then you tell us how you came by the airship an interesting idea then it's a deal agreed let's start looking I find this acceptable. Chuck finds it acceptable. Motion carried. Augustus loves it. Everybody's in. Vanda looks a little put out by this, but begins searching all the same. Four investigation checks, please. Uh, 13. 
24. Tox is going to guide himself again. 23. Uh, 14. So you guys begin a thorough search of the airship. Um, it's a little bit difficult because of all of the villagers you have um, kind of getting in the way. Um, and after about half an hour of going through absolutely every box and every draw every corner of the ship uh, you're unable to find anything that could potentially be a tracking device until benny has the idea that perhaps the tracking device is not on board the ship but is on a person and having gathered all the people up one by one you begin to search them i've i've had an horrible idea lads yes benny it's up your butt lenny the little dog runs up and begins to like jump up and down near your leg. I'd like to in- investigate Lenny. You'd like to. Don't want to. 19. I do not think that the dog is an informant. I don't think he's an informant. It is a dog. He's not scheming against us. He's a dog. <laughs> uh, the dog is doesn't have any tracking on it. It appears to just be a dog. Good boy, Lenny. Never doubted you. Never doubted you, Lenny. Good boy. Good boy. Who's a good boy? Is there any kind of other check, though? Is there any other way they could be tracking us by magic or something? Can I um, take that doll out for investigation? But hang on, we but that, let's we let we're not finished. We are not finished with this dog. <laughs> and a nineteen investigation on the dog revealed that it was a dog. There isn't there isn't like another check. A dog slash massive tracking beacon. I mean, it is going beep beep, <laughs> but. Don't worry about that. Dogs do that all the time. <laughs> it's got intermittent flashing of red lights on either wing. Dom's hatred of dogs has, has been betrayed. His lack of knowledge. Dogs don't beep, Dom. Uh, Tok is going to um, investigate himself. In fact, Tok has a shield and spear that are... <gasps> so that's what the spear does. It's a tracking device. <laughs> <laughs> He's been trying to poke people with a massive No wonder that wasn't working for us. It's a giant antenna. <laughs> Can Tok investigate them, see if there's any magical link on the uh, spear and the shield? Yep. Give me an investigation check. Uh, he will, of course, guide himself. Uh, 24. Uh, there is no obvious tracking device on the shield or the spear. Um, have we investigated the automatons, the four automatons that run the ship and that were in the custody of the evil empire before we got here? Robots rights, Al. Robots rights. Talk a volunteer to do an um, inspection of them. Uh, on the subject of robots' rights, Augustus is an aristocrat, so he barely believes in human rights, let alone robot rights. <laughs> but he does get sad, just like you and me. Exactly. Okay, uh, Tok, give me an investigation check. He's deserving of your pity, he just doesn't care about your opinion. <laughs> 14. On. So which one is that for? That one's for Nozzle. Yep, Nozzle is clear. Well, Marks, if you remember all four names. Come on. I was going to say, I'm pretty sure I've written them down somewhere. <laughs> okay, and then uh, for Plex, uh, that is a 25 for uh, Plex. Plex is fine. Otis and Sterling left. Otis is a 21 also clear finally sterling sterling is a 27 as you begin to investigate sterling you remove the face plate and just behind the crystal that you reattached you see a very small green crystal that has no place being in that location it appears to be flashing with a very faint light uh, i will remove the crystal and bring it to the attention of the Hang others on. and say yeah don't chuck, wait, hold, talk. Let's not just chuck this overboard. I've got an order for Otis. Yes, Vander. <laughs> Jump off, Otis, you prick. 
<laughs> throw yourself off the ship <laughs> so um i'm going to explain uh the how a chinese lantern might look if constructed and set him to making one yes vander tuck can you give me a can you use your tools to try and remove the crystal please guide myself again on this but i almost certainly don't need to that is a 27 been rolling pretty well yeah very good the greenish crystal does not come off easily uh, and you realize that it's attached with a series of very fine, almost like artery, but made of kind of black fungus. Very carefully, you remove each one, one at a time, and you're able to take the green crystal out. At the exact moment you do so, the automaton collapses to the floor. I will pocket the crystal and check on the status of the automaton. As you as you look in at the, uh, the various crystals and funguses that power the automaton, you can see that by removing the green crystal has caused an overload that has completely fried the inside of... What was his name? How dare you, sir? It was Sterling. Sterling. Yeah, you notice it's fried Sterling's internal gears, and he is now just a collection of scrap metal on the floor. Thunder. Vander is there. He's appeared as if like a wraith at your side and is looking down at the stricken Sterling. I am afraid Sterling is beyond my ability to repair. Vander appears like he's uh, experiencing a number of emotions at once. And uh, Tok will see if he can um, recover the memorandum crystal that contains Sterling's memories. Uh, so this will contain basically his, like, his personality and say, uh, we may be able to save Sterling if we can acquire a new body. The body is spent. Yes. The cranial mechanisms have been destroyed. Replacement parts would be required. Vander pauses and then produces a small whistle and is the <whistles> and the other automatons assemble and bear Sterling with great solemnity below. <laughs> Chuck him off the side. <laughs> Tok will give Vander the uh, the memorandum crystal. Uh, I need a tools check to make sure that you can remove the memorandum crystal, please. Oh, God, you're going to mash his brain. Oh, my God. So that's a 13. Uh, As you try and remove it, you see a singular hairline fracture appear in the memorandum crystal. Your your years of working with automatons tells you that it is gone, broken beyond repair. I won't force it. I'll leave it where it is then. Uh. (laughs) I'll just stitch it all up and... Say it was. Say someone else did it. Um, Nozzle has appeared with a rough replica of a lantern, as instructed. I uh, I walk over to Tok and I say, um, Tok, Vanda's pretty upset. I think, and this might not be time to mention it, but Monkey wouldn't be upset if his uh, if his robot broke. <laughs> Was obsessed with the league. I love it. Absolutely obsessed with it, getting as high as he can, <laughs> and the same with everyone. That is correct, Benny. Most monkeys do not possess. An automaton. (laughs) (laughs) But if they did, I'm saying, if they did. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Not for now. Another time. Ponder on it. Tok will look over at uh, at Vander and say, uh, I am considering. And just go quiet for a bit. Vander holds out his hand for the tracker. Oh, I'll pass it to Vander. Vander places the tracker in the lantern. Does the lantern look like it's functional? Um, You would need to... Uh, light the bit at the bottom all these technical terms i just don't have access to them quickly the little the little cardboard square at the bottom needs to be lit i light the cardboard square at the bottom hobble to the rail and say a few words under my breath uh, give me an give me an intelligence check please 
<laughs> I managed to set myself on fire rather than the lantern. Like, Do we know which which way the wind is blowing? Uh, the wind is blowing directly against you at the moment, so heading northwest. Shall we go a little bit off course and then set it so that we can kind of calculate where it's going to go? Give me you give me an intelligence check as well. Fourteen. Eighteen. Tok, you're able to ascertain um, a good direction to send the lantern off that would give you the best opportunity to avoid being tracked again. Vander, you place the crystal into the lantern and you use your tinderbox to light the small, cheap wooden square at the bottom. Um, after a moment, the lantern begins to inflate and is ready to be let go. I release the lantern and turn away quite sharply. And again, I order the automatons to bear sterling below the lantern floats gently off onto the breeze in the other direction that you are heading you can see a very faint green flicker as it flies off uh, so you guys need to discuss where you would like to head to next well i reckon we need to um ask ask villagers what they want don't we indeed then we were to proceed to the mountains of ovik would we say they're welcome to come with us well they'll have to come with us as far as i'm with me i mean i mean the whole way well, let's ask them, shall we? I guess they're, they're also going to need to work out who's in charge now, aren't they? Which might be a, a tricky one. I don't suppose you've got a settlement pit on on their ship, have you, Vander? Vander's not very responsive at the moment. He uh, <laughs> turns and says, Another exotic cheroot, please. <gasps> Otis? Yes, Vander. Benny has decided now is not the time to bring up the fact that um, Vander promised to tell us where we got the airship from, but he will be returning to it at a later date. A ploy from Vander to avoid that. <laughs> if Vander's feeling like mournful on the poop deck, Tok's going to join him, um, sort of uh, staring back. I love that you mentioned poop deck as much as humanly possible. <laughs> I still don't know what bit of a ship that is it's the bit at the back that the um like steering wheels on (laughs) (laughs) steering wheel i've run out of ship knowledge (laughs) (laughs) it's not just me i think back and steering wheel were both wrong uh benny give me a perception check please 15 um as you as you watch the villagers of haven aboard the ship uh, you notice that a lot of them are approaching alara and that one of them is flashing green. <laughs> Plot twist. <laughs> yeah, it looks it looks like they're defaulting to Alara, so maybe we should ask her what she thinks. So Alara, could you could you come over here a sec, please? Um, of course. And she finishes her conversation with with Rosalind and Isabella and heads over in your direction. Uh oh, thank you. We escaped. I'm I'm sorry, sorry about your automaton, Vander. Vander nods. Well, we're sorry about your chieftain and your elder and your blacksmith and your goblin, but I guess we've now got to think about next steps, haven't we? Have you um, have you been having any discussions about that? Yes, the, the the villagers are keen to step down somewhere. Now that we know we're not being followed, it would be we're not we're not keen on being in the air. It feels too exposed, and having lost everything that we've already lost, we would like to settle down as quickly as possible. If you could just drop us anywhere that's far away from any cities that would be beneficial to us how about we get your maps out vander and have a look at where it might work vander again nods and uh, one of the automatons scuttles off to get maps nozzle returns uh, with a pile of maps here you go vander with a practiced eased vander spreads out one of the maps uh, on the floor of the poop deck and points to ovik well the general direction of our journey currently so we're currently going like that way are we still in the mountains you're obviously not reckoning on the trade winds. 
Yeah, yeah. So at the moment you're you're like there-ish. Okay, so like we've just gone like that far. Four point six feet. This is a tiny, tiny empire. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to be dropped still somewhere in within this mountain range? Or um, uh, we're used to living in the mountains, so a- any mountain range would be good. Whether it's here or did you say you were heading towards Ovik? There are mountains to the north there. We would happily be dropped there. Another surly nod from Vanda. That seems sensible to me. It would make sense to stay together. We will stay together for a while, but it is not comfortable having this many people on an airship this size, and I'm sure you don't want us weighing you down for too long. Are the mountains in Ovik all part of the Empire still? They are, but they're not they're not really like big inhabited places. The Empire it's it would take a lot of work to kind of make them habitable and useful for living purposes, so the Empire broadly leads them. Right, so we're thinking we're going to a less heavily empire controlled area. Vanderia tells me that We've just destroyed an airship, which is worth about 180,000 gold. So it seems to me that that's the kind of thing the Empire gets a a teeny bit upset about. I would say there's every chance they search these mountains with a fine-tooth comb to find anyone who might be hiding out in them. I reckon your best bet is to come with us to mountains north of Ovik. And if you still want to separate there, that might be the place to do it. I would estimate it would take between a week and ten days to reach the mountains of Ovik. Lucky we've got so much calamari. We have enough food and supplies for that long. And Augustus is a real chivalrous gent, so I'm sure he'll give up his cabin for some here. That's fine. We're used to living in a jungle in huts. I'm sure. We I can. think it would be important to him to, you know, really come across <laughs> as a, a wonderful chivalrous chivalrous Daristo who uh, is not is pretty mucking like a common man. That's very kind, Augustus. Thank you very much for your offer. You're very welcome, my dear, and no doubt my kindness will have unexpected consequences for several people. (laughs) Augustus heads to the rail, lights up a cigarette, shakes his head in disbelief, Benny's outrageous behaviour. Okay, so you're going to head towards the mountains to the north of Ovik. Um, Yeah, Tok Tok will bring out his puzzle box and try and arrange, he'll try and put it into a configuration to input the question. Give me an intelligence check, please. 21. Tok, you take your puzzle box and begin to move the sides and the various designs and patterns. Has Tok got an alethiometer here? Are you doing this in private, by the way? Uh, no, he'll 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 do it on in um, on the poop deck. Of course, everything <laughs> takes place yeah. on the poop deck at all times, which is now my fucking sleeping quarters as well. Thank you, <laughs> Brennan Pissy Fingers. Um, the rest of you, you see this uh, strange cube, which has weird designs in kind of gold and black on it, and Tox's hands move quickly, like a Rubik's Cube as he moves things around. Um, there are a couple of clicks, and then you hear a automaton-like voice say, You are looking for a location. That is correct. In the Moonshadow Mountains, a safe location that contains food, place to secure and hide an airship, possibly defences. There is a pause. The mountain of God's sand here, the celestial sentinel. It is to the north of Slatehome. Safety can be found there. Ah, Slatehome, a name I know well. Tok's going to ignore Vander there, and he's going to lean in and quietly say to the puzzle box trying to be um, sneaky this time and he'll say tick can you hear me Stealth check um so i rolled a natural one <laughs> does he scream it <laughs> that'll be a three 
Well, Tox's idea of whispering is maybe not, uh, you know. <laughs> it's louder than his alarm call. <laughs> and you all, <laughs> everyone hears it. It's so loud that Lenny the dog begins jumping up and down by his leg and then for, stops for a moment and then just pees on his leg. Despite that, Tox doesn't seem to realise that everyone's heard it. <laughs> Thinks he's been quiet still. Checking memory banks. You are not Tick. I am not Tick. This is not Tick. Tick has input information, but we are not Tick. What is your designation? We are the Obsidian Matrix. What is your nature? To record information and history of the most important and powerful creatures on the world of Alessia. How much information do you contain? Define parameters. If the information was read out, how long would it take? 3,800 years. Let's get started then. Uh, Doc's going to carry on like playing around with the puzzle box, um, seemingly oblivious to everyone else. Cool. Can you give me a constitution saving throw, please? Yes. Uh, 13. What would everyone else like to do? I want to watch Talk. <laughs> you can watch Talk, of course. Is there <laughs> anything in particular you want to watch him for? Or... I don't know. Cardiac arrest? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to listen to him whispering from 100 metres away. <laughs> <laughs> it's a small airship. Sound carries very easily. Vander, why did you pause for effect earlier? What effect were you pausing for? Well, I do happen to know the area, you see. I have an old friend there. She goes by the name Gearhead. I'm not sure if you'll like her. Bit of a psychopath, you know. <laughs> oh, fuck me. Not as even-minded as me. But she might be able to help us. She certainly can hide an airship. She might have some jobs for us as well. What sort of jobs, Vander? Oh, this and that. So we're going to go and visit a person that you think is hard work. I would say so. I'm a positive delight in comparison to Gearhead, I'm afraid. Not very fair-minded, not very even character, if you know what I mean. Yes, I think we're getting more and more experience of that by the day. When you say this and that in your characteristically detailed and specific way, could you perhaps tell us what the advantage to us might be of doing any of these jobs? I would imagine there's a fair bit of coin on offer. The sorts of jobs that Gearhead likes to select will generally be of the extraordinarily dangerous, very lucrative variety. This Gearhead, the name, is it a builder or an automaton? By species, I see, I think you mean, she is a no. Um, ah, a builder. Yes, I see, yes, a builder in your terms. One other thing that may endear her to us is... Uh, She's no fan of the Empire, so her jobs are likely to be right up our alley. She may be an ally. She may be an ally, but even more than that, she is quite an excellent builder, though I say so myself. Someone capable of putting together broken things. Maybe not Sterling, and uh, Vander pauses there, but maybe your friend Tick, who knows? I find this course of action acceptable we'll take that as a vote of confidence from Tok. then vander turns fairly amiably to augustus and benny well i guess um if we're headed in that direction anyway this all makes sense to be honest now that the uh, now that the adrenaline's worn off feeling a bit gutted about what happened at haven so um yeah if we if we land with someone who's a nightmare and the empire turns up at least it won't feel so bad, will it? Well, there's an encouraging thought. Genuinely worried about Betty's mental <laughs> health. 
the welfare check for me. It's been a really sad episode. <laughs> Augustus slumps below to to get the to to look through uh, Vander's stores to see if there's a massive banner that says intervention on it. <laughs> <laughs> He's interrupted as uh, Vander enters his place of abode. I'm sorry, Augustus. I need the room. He's a military funeral to prepare for. Augustus just shrugs. I'm still exhausted from having been winged against a wall by a giant squid. Can Augustus please get some sleep? These people are really irritating. Vander nods understandably. Slap damage. <laughs> Tockle uh, got to Benny and say, um, Benny, mm. I also miss Lorian and Kaelin and Gregor. They died for us. Yeah. Yeah, me too, Tock. Sterling as well. I suppose so. I suppose so. Never really been in a place where, you know, people were nice and looked out for each other. I liked it. It's pretty good. I was thinking about staying. It was pleasant. It was pleasant, wasn't it? Well, yeah. I suppose try and focus on that, eh? And Rosalind approaches with a wooden bowl. I'll say, as as she does, Doc's going to say, Kaelin may have survived. He was Rojan. Do I know what that means? Uh, yeah, you've you've heard legends of the Rojan, but they're, they're more myth than reality. Well, let's hope some of them stories were true. If they were, he might well get out, mightn't he? That is possible. The feats of the Rojan are legendary. And with legends, though, isn't it? A lot of it's made up. Tick would not have made up the stories. That's how you know about him, is it? Tick. Indeed. It is now how I know of most things. I suppose we'll take reassurance from that. How's your, how's your work on Tick going, anyway? I have done what work I can in this place. The airship moves. Too much to do fine work. I fear I may damage critical components. I'm glad that Vander isn't in earshot of your <laughs> surgery. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm absolutely fine to do it with a socket wrench up <laughs> here. <laughs> one eye shut on the it's only a madman would do surgery up here <laughs> um, Benny, Rosalind hands you a wooden bowl full of piping hot stew here you go enjoy thanks Rosalind no worries she heads off to hand it to others as well she knows how to cheer people up that Rosalind I tuck into my stew maybe give some of the best bits to Lenny as well um, he he gratefully eats it. I feel bad. I feel a bit bad about accusing Lenny of being trust uh, this time. Uh, a homing beacon. If it helps, he's a dog and doesn't have feelings. <laughs> yeah, I know, but well, he he does have feelings because he's a dog. <laughs> but nonetheless, I'm uh, I'm uh, I'll be overcompensating for a while. <laughs> the idea of being accusing someone of being a homing beacon. Such a weird and specific thing, <laughs> accusation to make. We're <laughs> a fucking homing beacon. <laughs> I am glad he is not a homing beacon. He is a good dog. He is a good dog. He is a very good dog. You're a very good dog, are you? Okay. Um, as you're enjoying your stew, um, all of you suddenly hear the sound of bagpipes playing as the automatons appear from below deck carrying the unmoving form. <laughs> <laughs> the piper's lament. The, exactly. The piper's lament as they carry Sterling towards Vander. Uh, on the poop deck, I guess, because everything's on the poop everything deck. Everything takes place on the poop the deck. The whole shop is the poop deck. 
<laughs> it's like it's like the kitchen at a party. Everything happens here. Vanda, would you like to perform the last rites? I don't know what. Hang on, <laughs> is Vanda is Vanda playing the bagpipes? I don't know, Vanda. Are you playing uh, Otis? The Otis is playing the pipes, but Vanda is in full uh, Highland <laughs> military dress. <laughs> He's gone from cosplaying a pirate to cosplaying a Scot. <laughs> Oh, come on. There must have been quite a lot of Scottish pirates. <laughs> he beckons for everyone to join at the rail to solemnly send off the mighty Sterling. And uh, Vanda says a few poignant words that mention Sterling's. Say them. <laughs> <laughs> I want to hear these poignant words. Bring a tear to my eye. Okay, so Vanda hobbles up to the rail. Sterling, you were a true friend. You had a stout heart and you will forever be with us on our travels in the skies. You'll be missed by those who knew you, and for your last acts on this earth, you will forever be remembered. Can we go to do a persuasion check? <laughs> yeah, God, give me a, give me a persuasion <laughs> check. Why not? <laughs> See if people buy that you care. <laughs> oh, well, I've hit a 23. So um, all of you believe the words that he's saying, and he does genuinely seem ups- upset at the death of of the automaton an impressive facsimile of care is there a bubbling psychopathic rage directed towards the <laughs> butcher who brought this about barber surgeon uh, most of the automatons most of the automatons appear to have accepted it but otis is certainly looking at talk with a certain amount of nozzle is looking at benny still obviously irked by having <laughs> benny try to steal his spot i was extremely polite to nozzle He's just looking at you. I believe it was Plex, by the way. Oh, Plex. Sorry, Plex. Yeah. Actually, as as the as after Vanda says the words, uh, Tuck will ask him, uh, what was Sterling's function, his purpose? He was a friend. Automaton friend. <laughs> yeah, and with and with that, then the uh, the funeral concludes. And the automatons lift Sterling up and lob him off the side <laughs> of the boat. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful moment. He disappears gracefully into the mists of the clouds, or is it just a fine day? And we just watch him scud into the into the exactly. hillside. He just he just falls down and then just disappears <laughs> from view until you see a kind of like wily e. coyote small puff of sand <laughs> as he hits the floor. But Vander, I thought you said he would be with us on our voyage forever. Are you au fait with the term spiritual? I believe it may have something to do with the gods. Yes. I have learned of them recently. He is with us in spirit, Tok. Tok will just look at you for a bit, obviously confused. but Maybe a question for your stargazing hours. The stars do not answer such questions, Vanda. Tok's going to take out his puzzle box and go off to a corner and whisper quietly to it. Oh, God. We're about to get screaming at his box in the corner again. <laughs> Does anyone have anything else to do on this long and solemn day? Oh, many things. A little bit later, Tok's going to go back to his um, his quarters, his little deck, and he's going to get the uh, the supplies we got from the um, the smithy, the blacksmith's hut. So basically like, a, you know, some fuel, whatever, and try and basically he's going to set up a small blacksmith operation in his deck quarters. Um, taking good care, like put a pipe out the window and stuff like that. I think there was a small window in that room, making doubly sure to like insulate everything from the uh, the woodwork of the ship. Get his smith's tools set up so he can do some work. With time, he is able to build that, no problems. You are one day away from a long rest, so you have this coming night, and then the one after that, you basically have two days, which will count as a long rest for you guys. I guess Benny will like 
hang out with the um, the people of Haven for a bit and see see how they're feeling and chat with them. Benny, you you begin approaching the people of Haven, um, and Isabella pulls you aside. Ooh, that was a hell of a day. Hell of a day. Yeah, you can say that again. I just want to let you know that we're so grateful for what you've done for us. You guys were fantastic. I, I can't believe Caelan and Lorian stayed behind. Thank you. Thank you so much. Well, I don't know, I don't know what else. I don't know what else anyone would have done in that situation, but yeah, you're welcome, I suppose. I think a lot of people would have left. You didn't have to help us. You didn't have to invite us aboard your ship. Well, you know, the Empire were after us, so we kind of brought them to your door. Would have been uh, wouldn't have been the best to uh, to just leave and uh, and leave you to deal with them. So I think it's the least we could have done was to take you with us. How's everyone doing anyway? Oh, they're a bit shaken up. We're a resilient people, and everyone is doing their best. I think everyone's just trying to get through the next few days. Uh, Alaris says we're going to the Moonshadow Mountains. Have you been there? Not me, no. Um, Tok knows a lot about them. If you, uh, if you want to know more, he'd be the person to ask. Oh, we thought Tok might be upset after, you know, killing his fellow automaton. Tok, Tok seems to be handling it pretty well. Well, it's quite unusual to have an automaton who feels things, though. He doesn't appear to have a master like the others. It takes a bit of getting used to, doesn't it? Yeah. The thing about Tok, though, is you know where you stand with him. He's a very, he's very straightforward. He, um, you know, he can think and feel, but he'll tell you what he's thinking and feeling. And you know, yeah, you know where you are. He's all right. I like Tok. Just don't ever use any metaphors, and uh, you'll get along just fine. Noted. <laughs> uh, she gently strokes you on the arm uh, as she laughs. Um, how well do you know Vander? Uh, not knowing him for very long, but I feel like I've started to get the hang of him. Well, Caelan was a big fan of his, always speaking very highly of him. Although he said he knew him before he looks, well, like he looks now, and that we shouldn't judge him on his brokenness. Well, in the brief time I knew Caelan, I got the impression he had pretty good judgment, so I'm I'm not sure where he's going with that, to be honest, because uh, eh, I haven't quite got past the um, irascible, uh, angry individual that Fander is, but Kaylin reckons he's got depths. Well, maybe he's right. Just haven't found him yet. Well, we found that if you trust Kaylin, best things can happen. She looks down for a moment and you can see tears forming in her eyes. Well, Tot reckons there's half a chance that Kaylin's still alive. Apparently he was pretty uh, pretty formidable. So, you never know. You never know. That's right. You never know. You're right. You're right. And she throws herself into a deep hug with you. Turn the hug and kind of do an awkward pat on the back. And then be like, right, anyway, me and... Uh... Interjecting in a way that's probably unhelpful, Vander scrambles past on one of his ship-based errands and says, I wouldn't count Kaelin out. Pretty unkillable in the old days. There you go. What you culture's go. military dress is he in at the moment? <laughs> back, back in his pirate outfit, Al. Come on. Vander, you notice that uh, Isabella uh, is blushing slightly and she kind of looks at you unaware that you were there and quickly lets go of Benny. So uh, anyway, um, thanks again. Um, sleep well, everyone. And she runs away. I nudge Benny. I think she likes me. <laughs> oh my God, you're the worst. <laughs> <laughs> she was just saying that you probably aren't as awful as you appear. So, you know. Maybe you're right. I cackle. She's wrong. And then Gary's <laughs> shambling along on my way to carry on my ship's errands. <laughs> okay, so with the day drawing to a close, finally, um, I'm going to need one of you to roll a d20 for me. I will, I will say it defaults to Tok because he's the guy stood on the poop deck at all hours of the day. I know. He's, he's been in his, um, his little workshop for the day, probably. Okay. And um, would anyone like to volunteer? 11. 
the evening passes without uh, and you all get a good night's sleep and we are now entering a long rest phase you guys can uh, regain any nice finally. The, the journey to the mountains to the north of Ovik will take roughly five days uh, beyond the two-day long rest. Um, is there anything that anyone particularly wants to achieve within that time frame? We will roll the five days' worth to see if anything attacks you during that period as you travel. Tok would like to uh, start um, constructing the thing that he said that I mentioned he was going to make. So I'll put in some days into that, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we put out like the, the normal mundane form of it first and then uh, try and add the rest later I guess you know Benny would like to get to the end of Sea Beast takes a lever oh, and uh, Tok will also uh, rearrange his infusions over a small amount of time to produce some more um, acid uh, so he'll he'll try uh, if again he'll pilfer more uh, small vessels that can contain acid from the uh, from the galley because he's not a stealthy chap uh, Vander, you certainly notice him a few times, kind of taking empty vessels. He's now taken four like little glass vials. Um, whilst we've just been on this trip, in fact, I think six in total are missing. Um, anything that's like relatively small sized and can be taped shut, kind of thing. Okay, uh, one of the occasions where I see him do that, I say, Riley, we'll put that on the tab, shall we? I'm afraid, Vander, I do not understand this tab that we should put it on. I'll let you know when you need to understand. I find that acceptable. And Tok will also continue his morning ritual of putting water into that little box that he carries. Could we, in turn, roll a d20? So we'll go Vander first, then Benny, then Tok, then Augustus. Okay, so a 19. So you have two days rest for your long rest, and then the third day... Passes without incident. Benny? Eight. Second day passes without incident. Uh, Tok? Uh, Fifteen. Also passes without incident. Augustus? Four. Also passes without incident. One thing I forgot to mention, um, Tok, you have your newspaper. Oh, well, the one that I picked up from the... um... Yes, I forgot to share it with everyone. I definitely, he definitely no will share it with everyone. No one's interested. Uh, so, Tok, you unfurl the newspaper in front of everyone while you're all stood on the poop deck. It's another Radiant City Gazette article with the headline PC Fingers Gang Unleashes Chaos, Lawlessness and Mayhem Grips Lunadine. Would you like to read? I mean, I'll read it to them if no one else wants me to or wants to. Okay. Uh, Tok, in, in your most flamboyant journalistic style voice you say the city of lunadine trembles in the clutches of the notorious gang of criminals known as pissy fingers gang this brazen group led by the cunning brennan finnick has left a trail of destruction and lawlessness in his wake prepare to be shocked as we delve into the nefarious deeds of this ragtag band of miscreants whose reign of chaos threatens the very fabric of our beloved empire according to eyewitness accounts and official reports the pissy fingers gang's rampage began at the heart of the empire as they targeted and murdered three bounders but they didn't stop there. Next on their list was the renowned Nimbus Foundry, where they orchestrated a series of heinous acts and callously targeted the heart of the Empire's industrial prowess. But the depths of their depravity do not end there, dear readers. Oh no, the Pissy Fingers gang, it is alleged, has taken to corrupting the innocent minds of children, moulding them into a mischievous army of pint-sized troublemakers. These impressionable youngsters, under the wicked guidance of Brennan Finnick, have become the first soldiers of chaos, spreading mayhem throughout our once-peaceful streets normally pursued by an octogenarian of unknown name. 
Their rallying cry of Vino has become synonymous with chaos and disorder all over Lunadyne. Thanks to eyewitness reports of the Rampage of Children, we now have the names of the three known members of the gang. The aforementioned leader is Brennan Pissyfingers Finnick, but alongside him is his own father, Vander, proving that the apple does not fall far from the tree. Finally, the rogue automaton, who has a propensity for eating innocent citizens and is believed to be called Brock. Stay tuned for updates on the Pissy Fingers gang as we bring you the latest on their escapades and the tireless efforts of law enforcement to bring them to justice. I mean, I know journalism has a sort of bit of a bad reputation, but I mean, that, that was basically excellent. So is Augustus just commenting on the quality of the journalism? I mean, it was just dead on balls accurate, you know? <laughs> Augustus. They believe that Benny and Vanda are one gestalt being. Brendan, Pissy Fingers, Finnick. That is not accurate, Augustus. Is that the only bit you've got a problem with, Top? Oh, come on, Pissy Fingers. Shut it, Pissy Fingers Senior. Vanda cackles. <laughs> I'm not fond of this journalist. I'm not fond, not fond of them at all. Is there a name for the article? Vanda says with interest. There is no name on the article. A shame. It appears the children have not remained within the sanctuary we provided. Yes, that is rather depressing. Although it does, on the on the plus side, it does at least sound like they're running amok. I wonder who gave them that idea. Well, exactly. I'm fully expecting, you know, in the years to come, there'd be Vanda Guevara shirts. Um, after five days of travel, you guys find a spot in the northern mountain, uh, in the mountains to the north of Ovik, which looks far enough away from civilization to be a good spot to drop the villagers off. Okay, Vanda guides the ship down. You land and the villagers begin to gather their supplies. Can I do an investigation chest check if there's something around here? But we're doing an investigation check to make sure they haven't nicked anything for a minute there. 16. Uh, there, there doesn't appear to be anything dangerous or untoward in the area we might as well stay here for an amount of time to help them get set up i mean we're not in a super hurry are we like a day yeah so uh, you guys settle down um and you notice that there are there's there's quick movement to build huts and shelters um which you guys assist in as they unload their various items off the ship elara points out to you that she's left you guys with a few days extra ration um which should help you through and they all thank you individually for your help uh, Isabella approaches Benny and gives him a big, another big hug and a kiss on the cheek. I hope I see you again. Yeah, right. Yeah, good. Right. Uh, yeah, no, that'd be, yeah, right, right, good. We're going to, I guess we're going to be off. Right. All right. Well, um, all best. All best. We will be within a day's travel of here, Benny. We can return. Yeah, that's, yeah, what Tok said. Right. Okay. Uh, cheerio then. Cheerio. She smiles. Augustus smiles broadly at this scene. As you are preparing to leave, you notice that Rosalind is still on the ship. I was wondering if you needed a new cook. Vanda considers that. We can certainly keep you on staff. Welcome to the crew. I'm sure Benny will gladly offer my cabin. Why why is it you want to why is it you want to, to, to stop aboard, Rosalind? Well, I've I've never really been on an adventure before. And you guys seem to be constantly on adventures and you need to be well fed. With the loss of your robot, I thought you might need some help from a turtle. I could become the most well-travelled turtle of all time. A noble goal. I find this proposal acceptable. 
Well, yeah, I mean, you're the best cook I've ever come across, so I'd be more than glad to have you on board. If Plex is in earshot of that, going to have a very strong opinion about that. <laughs> I, I turn, try not to take it to heart, Plex. He doesn't know what he's saying. Yes, um, Plex, I apologise. That wasn't intended as a slight to you. Your cooking is also wonderful. Um, perhaps a little too attuned to Vander's tastes in that you tend to puree everything, which um, is obviously a wonderful technique and, 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 and not one I want to, to denigrate at all, but it's quite specific to Vander, quite specific to him. Uh, Benny, if I may, uh, Plex is slightly bemused at your trying to muscle in on his gunnery and he isn't annoyed at your shall we say distasteful comments about his cooking but rather your distasteful comments about his dead friend's cooking sterling was the cook i did think that the other one was the cook <laughs> and then i got confused by what vander said i am the gunner and there was a girl talking to me earlier and i just everything's everything's up in the air i'm sorry plex Plex looks at you and doesn't say anything further. His face is completely impassive because he's a robot. I think we're friends now. I think everything's okay. Benny, he does not possess sentience. He does not have feelings yet. <laughs> and it doesn't respond to that one directly. Just a, a horribly, a horrible smile lacking in teeth. You guys say your farewells. And with Rosalind still aboard, uh, you set sail the extra day taking you towards Grodsankir, the Celestial Sentinel, the largest mountain in the Moon Shadow Mountain Range. Our ship does not possess a name. Well, as, as, um, as the rightful owner of the ship, presumably Vander named it many moons ago and has simply neglected to tell us what the name is. Of course I did. You didn't see the name on your way aboard? Didn't spot it, no. How strange. The other airships had the name painted on the side. This airship does not have a name painted on the side. I don't know if you have observed much of our doings, but we're not particularly orthodox as crews go. <laughs> I have not observed any other crews to infer such a conclusion. Well, the second you do, Tok, you'll see that here aboard, <laughs> insert name, <laughs> we are quite different <laughs> to other folk. Not really answered question. Vanda has not named the ship. Shall we name it now? Yeah, you got any ideas? I have a list of suggestions from historic airships. Oh, that's it. Clear air turbulence, the wind flower, the green storm, the righteous indignation, the liberator, the transient atmospheric phenomenon. <laughs> the transient atmospheric phenomenon. <laughs> 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 it really drifts off the tongue. <laughs> Quickly, everyone aboard. <laughs> the pirates falling outside the normal moral constraints and the steely glint. I mean, all of those were spectacularly good. I would suggest the ship does have a steely glint to it. I reckon uh, that was um, that was my preferred one. Didn't have any too many highfalutin ideas like the Liberator. Um, wasn't overly ridiculous like the airborne toxic event or whatever it was yeah simple but effective steely glint that gets my vote plex plex pulls at vander's robes for a second and vander leans down and straightens and says plex suggests the sterling that seems rather fitting we could compromise on 
the sterling glint or some what was the uh what was what was what was the shit everyone else was suggesting i quite like the sterling that seems quite a good it sounds quite a shippy name i mean he was all right wasn't he the righteous sterling (laughs) yeah but he we can we can make a mythology around him now he's gone. I mean, no one likes people who are alive. Yeah, go on. Then Sterling's Sterling's uh, Sterling's fine by me. Do you hear that, Flex? I, I agreed with your proposition. Flex just looks at you. Bubbling cauldron of hateful soup. Is that the name of the ship then? The Sterling? That is it. Sterling. Okay. Very nice. Um yeah, you take the Sterling towards the mountain as new adventures await in the land of the builders. And we'll end it there. Too mean to bring up past trauma of dead automatons immediately upon hearing of it? I think the main thing is that Tot got a kill. <laughs> <laughs> the spreadsheet's going to be all over that. That is going in the brackets. <laughs> another another out-of-combat kill. First Runcible, now Sterling. Doc didn't get Runcible. <laughs> but who knows? Lobotomized Sterling. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Thanks for listening. Please consider supporting Dice Company on Patreon, where for the price of a cup of coffee, you get access to a whole other show, Extra Roll, as well as an ad-free listening experience. The Dice Company Discord server, along with our socials, can be found on our link tree in the show notes. If you enjoyed this chapter, please like and subscribe, and don't forget to recommend us to your friends. If you didn't like it, recommend us to your enemies. And we'll see you next time on Dice Company. Dice Company